Hello and welcome to the Emperor's New Podcast, where I explore every corner of the Emperor's New Groove universe. Today I am joined by Ryan Walterson. Yellow. And joining us for the very first time on this podcast, please welcome Jillian Quigley. Howdy. Hello. And also just, for the just... first time, please welcome Wes. He has a vlog. Hi, everyone. And today we are talking about The Emperor's New School, Season 2, Episode 22, Father O' Mine slash Everyone Loves Cusco. Now, I would like to know, uh, I, I think Ryan has been on this podcast before, so he's explained his background. Um, well, what you, everyone you think, background you think I've been on this podcast before. Is that it? <laughs> background or familiarity with The Emperor's New School is. Yes, uh, oh. my ex- my exposure to the show was ever since, uh, well, the first time I heard about it was on, was on the, the Kronk's New Groove DVD. I was like, yeah. oh, they're making a TV show, and it's going to be a TV uh, show that kind of sort of ignores the movie that we're promoting it on a little bit. A <laughs> little bit. And so I, I watched it. I, I would watch it regularly on, like, Family and even Saturday mornings on ABC Kids where they would list it as an educational, informative show. Yeah, that's why they only had, like, seven episodes, because after that, I think they just gave up on being educational. <laughs> That that they just looped the same episodes again yeah. and again, <laughs> but overall, from uh, watching all these two seasons afterwards, I I think I I'm with you. I think it's a very fun show. It has the spirit of the movies, and I love the love the timing, and I love the the the, the voice work, and it it feels like it feels like a like a natural continuation, and not at all at the same time. But it ha- but the important thing is, it makes me laugh. Yeah. All right. Whoever wants to go next. Yeah. All right. But... Um, I'll go. Uh well, first of all, Emperor's New Groove, easily top ten favorite Disney movie. Um I I watched a little bit of the show when it was on. I would like catch it on Disney Channel. It's admittedly been a little while since I've watched it, but um like watching the episode for today just brought back all kinds of memories. And uh yeah, it is it's a great show. I love that it brought back as much of the voice cast as it could. And yeah, it's it has that same magic that made Emperor's New Groove great. Yeah. As any self-respecting, wait, I don't have self-respect. Any respect, any kid growing up in the two thousands, it was, it was on. It well, yeah, it was on. I didn't wasn't a huge fan of it, but or not like a huge fan, but it's like wasn't a huge. Watcher, I was more of a Phineas and Ferb type of person yeah. when it comes to comedy. I was like, it's on. It's the thing that's being promoted in between shows. Yeah. Miley Cyrus is in it. Yeah. For like a few episodes. She's in this episode. So I'm like, I forgot she was in this show. So that's. Yeah. I think she forgets too. I probably she probably does. She probably does since she has so much other things going on that are more important. <laughs> Yeah, other thongs, I mean things. That would make sense. You had songs, not... Oh, I, I get it. it. Yes. Um, and today, we I already said what episode we're covering today, didn't I? <laughs> yes. yes, I did. Okay, sorry. My brain doesn't always... Sometimes I forget things. Um, so the premise of this first segment is there's a guy come, who comes back and he claims to be Cusco's dad. And I believe he's voiced by Maurice LaMarche doing a John Lovitz impression. Uh, yeah, Mar- Mar- Maurice LaMarche doing his Mortimer Mouse voice, pretty yeah, much. Which is which is a John Lovitz impression. Exactly. <laughs> it's a good impression. I actually 
for a minute. I had to check to make sure it wasn't John Lovitz. Yeah. Well, well, nothing stunk to him, so that proved it. Cusco, <laughs> it stinks. Uh, always happy to see Maurice LaMarche. I actually got to meet him a while back. One of the nicest guys in the world. And he also yeah. voices Cusco's. Oh, this is a bit of a spoiler, but it happens fairly early on. Cusco's actual dad in a flashback doing his Shatner voice. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. Can I interrupt real quick? And like when watching the episode, I forgot how good the theme song was. I know last episode there was like a little bit of a debate over like whether the song was either good or that they should have used Perfect World. Yeah. I was like, I think it's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. It sounds like it's. It's it's good, but I also have to say it kind of sounds like a knockoff YMCA. Well, I think that's on. It's supposed to sound like a yeah a college anthem energy, which is kind of what village which... people sounds like in a way, even though that's not what they are. Um, it has a similar it, kind... disco. Would have been an interesting Based... college. Yeah. Uh, the I S C O disco disco. Let's go disco. Yeah. Um and he's gonna disco a cat. Okay. <laughs> doesn't trust him which you know i would if i were Cusco, i would that would immediately tip me off that he's probably something up with him but i do like how he gets Cusco to trust him he's like hey i could break the fourth wall too oh, yeah. you got it from me yeah because most of the time uh other characters can enter while Cusco's talking but i ne- don't think unless they have like a remote or something that they've this is a future episode they ended up accidentally getting switched with another remote um usually uh Cusco is the only one who actually stops the show Cusco is basically Zach Morris <laughs> yeah if if his friends could pop while he was pop in and talk to him while he was frozen while the show was frozen yeah yeah Zach Morris like, with marker powers a, ba- a backstage that's what like where does that happen when he pauses the show and he pops up in front of the screen, because sometimes other characters will walk in and interact with him in front of the paused screen. Maybe, maybe he's in Toontown because you know yeah. that the Roger Rabbit DVD menu, Cusco just shows up. Maybe yeah. he's maybe he's he's in the Toontown studio. Yeah, like maybe he's friends with Deadpool. It's like they yeah. they have this shared beyond the fourth wall space. Yeah, they're they're owned by the same people now. Yeah, which Freakazoid, why... Deadpool, Cusco. I bet they all like Pinkie Pie. Mask. Have a couple drinks together and just. Oh, I want to see Pinkie Pie having drinks. That's yeah, like fun. <laughs> because oh, I was she could drink all those under the table. I just. <laughs> I was gonna say because I know the last Deadpool even, and they don't own My Little Pony. Um, made a, a Pinkie Pie reference, so I'm, I really want there to be a Cusco reference in the next one. <laughs> Because that's the other compare, like those are the two it, most compared characters I see compared to Deadpool on the internet are Cusco and Pinkie Pie. Not, not the mask. Probably the mask too. Yeah. And yet, no one, no one compares him to the character he's actually parodying, which is yeah. Deathstroke. But yeah, Death. Did Deathstroke break the fourth wall? No, I didn't think so. But I, I mean, but he was the thing, you know, Deathstroke. I was a thing way before Deadpool. I mean, there's yeah. fourth wall jokes in the Teen Titans Go movie. With yeah. Slade, if that says anything. 
Well, yeah, and that and that they they mistake him for Deadpool, and he's like, "I was a thing way before Deadpool." Yeah. <laughs> Look into the camera and say something inappropriate. <laughs> that movie, it, it, I just am amazed that that movie exists. Like that, yeah. they got away with what they got away with in that movie. Th that movie, so I I don't want to go off on too much of a tangent, but that movie's trailer just got me angry by saying, mm -hmm. "If Aquaman could have a movie, anyone can." Yeah. Well, that's kind of what they do. They kind of make people angry. I mean, they said that before the Aquaman movie came out. Oh, it was, and, a, then it Aqu was... and then Aquaman became the highest grossing DC movie with a billion dollars. Yeah. I'm sure that they would have done that if they were coming out around the same time. They still would have done that as a tie-in. <laughs> as their way of doing a tie-in film. I mean, they, mm. they predicted an Alfred show and they predicted the Batmobile show. Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> That was crazy. Um, so Yzma finds out, and at first Cusco thinks that this guy is Yzma, but he, then Yzma shows up in the background, like in various flying machines. Um, His big dastardly machines, apparently. <laughs> like a helicopter, an Yzma copter, and an Yzma berg. God, I don't want to know how that turned out. <laughs> um, and, you know, I really give them props though for not having that crash into something. The blimp. <laughs> it was ah uh, yeah. It was really? it was falling, but it, they never showed it crash into something or have Kronk say, "Oh, the humanity." <laughs> yeah. Good, good on them for that. Yeah, they, I, they... I love how I love how this show did a joke from Family Guy, but even funnier. Yeah, you know. Yeah, the, 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 like... Peter. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! I'm so sorry. How do you afford these things? Hey, and both have Patrick Warburton. Well, yeah, and yeah. Family Guy, I think Family Guy, well, yeah, it was the very first episode of Family Guy, which came out first. There's an episode in The Emperor's New Groove that coincidentally is is very similar to a joke in, I mean, a joke in The Emperor's New Groove that's very similar to a joke in the Family Guy pilot and the first episode of Family Guy where the, the shoulder angel is late to work. Yeah. Uh, it's true. I yeah. love that. Um, so Yzma has a flashback where the William Shatner, Marisa Marsh, Cusco's dad, who is explained, Cusco explains at the beginning was lost at sea, and then, you know, um, he died, and then Anna and Elza uh, learned about it. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then Tarzan and then he, showed up. And for some reason, he sounds like Alfred Molina now. I don't know yeah. why. Yeah. But that is weird that the Marisa Marsh has, has played two different dads that ended up in a boat in sea accidents, which is a lot, but it's weird that happened twice, right? That's right. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Um, can, can we talk about my favorite part of this flashback, which is yeah. adorable teenage Kronk? Yeah, that, yes, yeah, that was. It's cute. It also confuses the hell out of me because how old does that make Kronk? Well, we know that Cusco is at least eighteen. Yeah, and they say in the movie Kronk is like. Cusco guess, guess, guesses he's in his late twenties, um, and he also opens sure. up other questions with certain other episodes of the show that I don't feel comfortable talking about. There's a lot. There's uh, a lot to unpack there, but who cares? It's funny. Um, but yeah, so we see teenage Kronk, and he calls Isma Isma. <laughs> Hello, I'm Michael Isma. <laughs> um, so there's there's, there's some like, fan art for you. He's like pimply, um, and he had to. He's a squeaky Patrick Warburton voice. I'll take that over Bob Chasma. I 
I, I don't think I can do a squeak. Uh, I guess I can kind of do a squeaky Patrick Warburton voice, sort of. Hey, Isma. I'm shocked that Warburton could do it. Like, I just imagine that man was born with, like, the same, with, like, just the David Putty baritone. All his, all his voices, Mama. all his characters that he voices, there's slight differences that you, if you are, are like, super into studying the voices of characters you will begin to pick up on like Hawk is more a bit more hype up here than uh like joe or brock samson yeah. um because Kronk is more of a sweet character so he has more of a it's more up here whereas joe swanson is more like this yeah Bader. Bader. yeah um and then Feel free to if you want to add anything while I'm like to let me know and you I can can I tell you about one one of uh the biggest laughs I got out of the episode where Pacha's talk talking to um Chicha. Yeah. And like he he's he's just he find that's when he finds out he's criminal, he just leaves. Leaves Chicha alone. There's a pause. Okay, I guess I'm gonna mail this package myself. Just because it's Wendy Malik and everything Wendy Malik says is great. And I wrote down, this is why she left Pacha and moved to the Boiling Isles. Yeah. Hey, but what about me? <laughs> you know about that on that that theory that uh, she and uh, Stan were like lovers at one point? What theory? That's just canon in my is... <laughs> But what is, th- how does that explain Stan being in Amphibia, though? Well, that's a different, that's an alternate universe. That's an alternate reality Stan. That's Mr. Pons. Yeah. You've been licking yourself again, Frog Seuss. I do like that 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 his name's just Frog Seuss. Frog Seuss. Yeah. Um, Got me again, Mr. Pons. So Yzma is immediately suspicious, and Patra, as we said, finds out that he's a criminal named Senor Thunderlaugh, which is very blatantly foreshadowed by the fact that he laughs and there's thunder. That's great. <laughs> like that's one of the first things he does. <laughs> so Isma and Pacha go to Pacha goes to warn Cusco and Cusco doesn't believe him and throws him in the dungeon. It's a very uh reminiscent of the the the, the uh act three breakup from the movie in my head, yeah. the way Cusco comes to this conclusion that Pacha is just jealous and forged a wanted poster, I guess to try to convince Cusco that this isn't his dad. So, but then Cusco is, uh, Cusco is thrown in the dungeon uh, by Senior Thunderclap, Thunderlaugh, sorry. Speaking of, can we go back to the, to like the childhood montage? That's probably another one of the things that got one of the laughs from me this episode. Yeah. 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 Making up for lost time. Time. It's like, just, just, I, I, I like I know it was funny, but also watching like a grown man carry a, a, a clearly a teenager around in like a ba- yeah. baby holster, just Her. just like I I feel like that's one of those things that has to have like the tagline the writer's barely disguised fetish. <laughs> yeah, oh, man, uh, baby. Man. And then uh, Yzma shows up and turns them into snails, which frees them from their handcuff things that t- attach them to the wall and she wants to step on them but then Crock reminds her she still has to uh get rid of 
Thunderlap. So she turns him back human and they go to stop him. And what's really cool, I noticed, is the coronation crown uh, thing on the pole that comes down. That comes back in the last episode. So that's like some continuity there. Oh, neat. Um, which this show is kind of this very Phineas and Furby where it uh, there's con- it picks and chooses what to pay attention to in the continuity and stuff. It, um, it's very Darkwing Duck in that regard. Yeah. The continuity matters when it's funniest. Yeah, it's that's then, true. It, it, it's Roger Rabbit rules. Uh, the throne, only when it's funny. Uh, funny, not the throne. The crown lands on Cusco's butt, which is the funniest thing in the episode. <laughs> but Actually, yeah, <laughs> the the other biggest laugh I got was right before that, where Isma throws the potions at the two guards. They turn into a lizard and a bunny, and yeah. the lizard goes, <laughs> "I wanted to be the bunny." Bunny, yeah. That is that is a move that is a movie a movie jo- kind of joke. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I've been turned into a cow. Yeah. Can I go it's, now? It's, it's just it's just similar enough to to the point that it's not obnoxiously the same uh, joke. I, the show repeats like recycles yeah. a lot of the jokes from the movie. Honestly. But you don't mind because the jokes from the movie are really good. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think one argument I've heard is the timing is different, which it is um, from the movie. But when the timing is really good on the jokes, they really land. And there's a ton of jokes that aren't in the movie that I think are funny in just the entire run of the series. Um, And I think the writing's really solid and it's self-aware enough that I really am not bothered by the repetitiveness um, that much. Like this is the kind of show that knows it's recycling jokes and has yeah. fun with it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's um, so. And then I believe Sir Thunderlap ends up being thrown in the dungeon, and Cusco well, yeah. is atta- attacked they, by the birds. Yeah, because the there's a there's a whales. joke about how uh the the calling sound he he because Pacha is doing the pss, pss, but Cusco thinks you should you should be more like. Rrr, rrr. And it actually attracts birds. Which is funny because in, in an earlier episode, Yzma does that exact thing with Kronk, except it turns out there's actually a pigeon on her head. Yeah. <laughs> I, I also love the line from, uh, what's the little guy's name? Guaco? Guaca. Yeah, yeah Guaco. Previous and, guest. Yeah, Guaco. Guaca, whose name is a pun on guacamole. Which Guaca just goes, Cusco's butt rules! Yeah. And that's the scene with Miley Cyrus in it as well. Yeah. Because she's Favorite, the one who or says aggressively the crown, southern. The crown landed on Kuzma's butt. Well, I mean, there's Jewish, Jewish Incas in the show, so anything can happen. Yeah. Um. Some people think that that's just Mormonism, but Jewish Incas are Mormon. How does Jew- no the Jews I... coming to like America, the Americas, and South America, and North America is in Mormonism? Um. My name is Elder Guac. Yeah, Elder Guac. I mean, he could easily be uh, Arthur Cunningham. Don't, I mean, don't, and don't, Cusco don't, don't. and Cusco would be Elder Price, obviously, right? Right. Did anyone else you notice and, the uh, the the things listed you and on me, the? But mostly me. Did anyone else notice the things listed on the on Thunderlaugh's uh, uh, wanted list? Like he he was apparently his crimes were uh, one of them was double dipping bacon in in, in rant. Double dipping yeah. bacon and ranch dressing, which I don't know, I don't know what he's talking about. That that turns out just fine to me. Yeah, exactly. For visual for visual aid, I am holding it bacon bits and ranch just for the sake of a joke. I Please think, clap. I, 
I think it's I'll, I'll clap. I think it's when he's sharing it You're with making the pizza? people. He bites Who's the bacon else? and then he puts the bacon back in the ranch and his saliva gets in it. I think that's what they're going for. You double dip the chip. That's yeah. like putting your whole mouth in the dip. But that, but when you're doing that by yourself, that's fine. Just not in a social setting. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, like I said, the quails attack Cusco, and that's the end of the episode. Attack, as in they are they are on him, and he freaks out. Cause no touchy. Yeah. I mean, don't you ever migrate. There's episode. There's episode. A couple times, Cusco freaks out when a butterfly touches him, and like when I was well, still I don't freak out, but I don't like butterflies touching me just because I don't like the way insects in general feel on my. Exactly. Welcome to my world, dealing with mosquitoes in the swamped country town I live in. Mosquitoes are much worse because they bite you. Exactly. Exactly. And the whiter you are, the harder they bite. I, I, I I can attest to that. Because we have a butterfly house uh, at our museum here. And I've worked up the courage to walk through it. Normally, they don't land on me anyways because I go through it fast enough that it's not a problem. But when I was little, I was really freaked out about going in that butterfly house because I didn't want them to land on me. Um, the next segment is Everyone Loves Cusco, which is weird that it's called that and not Everybody Loves Cusco, which seems more obvious to me. <laughs> um, And in that... Isma wants Isma wants to uh oh Isma gets an idea from one of the teachers but while she's spying on them uh, and Kronk make and Kronk calls her out on it um so that's funny Kronk is very sarcastic in this episode yeah I love that for him well I do love Kronk that. is like uncharacteristically sassy and uncharacteristic and actually a little bit smarter than I feel like he should be yeah well he, yeah he he's uh definitely had sarcastic moments in the show and in the movie there's a line that could be read as either genuinely him being an idiot or him being sarcastic and either one would fit the character where he's like oh, i think it would have turned out better could either be Kus- either could be Kronk being passive aggressively sarcastic or Kronk being an idiot and it would make sense either one uh, and that's the brilliance of Kronk. yeah and yeah Kronk is uh Kronk is multi-layered so he is smart sometimes in some ways he's very uh scattered scattered and that's like he's very scattered and focused and naive and he i i'm pretty sure Kronk is on the spectrum basically i buy it yeah um and his Um, hyper fixations are talking to animals and cooking exactly um he's like me if you replace talking to animals and cooking with one piece and gargoyles. Well, I mean that's just everyone has their animals and cooking of some kind or not. Mine is the Emperor's new groove. I noticed. <laughs> um and so Isma decides she's gonna make Cusco irresistible to all the ladies, which he already thinks he is. <laughs> and as soon as I I saw that this was a love potion episode, I wrote down in my notes this is gonna end with a kingdom full of Cronenbergs, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, the, 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 um, all those freaking like yeah, man, mantis people. Yeah, I was saying like the ending of Shivers, but with in the Emperor's new. Yeah, world. well, this is our new world, Cronenberg Cusco. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 
because but I guess that instead of mantis people, they'd be koala people. Right. Because yeah. she's using the cuteness pheromones or something in a koala, which is not a thing. Um, but it's a cartoon, so who cares? It isn't? No, <laughs> I'm not enough. Well, koalas are cute, but I don't think you can put cuteness in a bottle. <laughs> also, a lot of people don't realize this because but koalas are mean. Well, they are. And so is Cusco, so he he'd already be perfect for being turned into one. <laughs> and they both start with K, so that's even more perfect. Yeah. Um yeah. and they never actually did turn Cusco into a koala. And I know that for a fact that they turn him into animals other than just ones that live in South America. So um maybe they have a zoo with a koala in it, and that's where they got the pheromones from. Mm. Anyways, so they're coming up with what to put the love potion in. And it keeps Kizma keeps suggesting things that have already been done in other episodes. This was hilarious. Serious. Yeah. Um, and then so eventually they decide to do turkey, a but dessert, a dessert tur turkey. Turkey. Um, Speaking of animals that who knows if they even exist in South America. <laughs> yeah. Anything. Honestly, I'd have fallen for the roast turkey. <laughs> And Cusco takes a bite out of it, and then he's irresistible to the ladies. And, even and though, Guaca. And, well, he's always irresistible to Guaca. <laughs> um, I think Guaca is impressed that he he's irresistible to the ladies, and he, that just makes him like him even more um, than he already did. Uh, and then... I love how we get the ladies' vision of Cusco, and oh. it's like super sexy Cusco. Cusco immediately figures out that he's under some kind of potion. He doesn't figure out that it was in the turkey or that Yzma gave it, to, or that is from Yzma. Um, but he decides he's immediately going to uh, go find Melina and use it on her, um, which is creepy, but, you know, it's... Eh. Um, we'll At least he that. doesn't do anything, like, romantic to her yeah. while she's under the influence and he even points it out in yeah. the episode yeah so bare minimum yeah, yeah. he's yeah res like, they have a picnic and that's about it and they so, go spelunking they, they, spelunking what else do they do again? they have a picnic and melina is way too clingy and it freaks Cusco out and he notices that she's not actually melina she's under the potion is basically mind control um melina all horny for Cusco was kind of scary honestly well i think that's the point right like jokes on you i'm into that shit oh no um i think uh that yeah. the point was that she's that's what freaks Cusco out about it is that she's scary and she's not really behaving like herself yeah um, and like for for as flawed as Cusco may be, he, he like he knows that like taking advantage of Molina would be wrong. Yeah, yeah, which good for him. Yeah, like I, that I appreciated that, like because because like I, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, that was good. That I liked. Um, any um, I'm thinking of something to say. So if anyone else has anything they want to say while I'm thinking, feel free to. Back to the little bit where. Isma and Kronk were talking about the foods they've already used. I came up with like, what food would you use to put a potion and what animal would you turn Cusco into? Um, I don't a little icebreaker, even though we're like a couple minutes into the podcast. Um, 
I know I know the food that would probably be the most likely to work on me. Uh, just put the potion in like some cocktail sauce and give me some shrimp, and, and I'm oh. and I'm gone. They did do you not cocktail sauce. They did do dipping sauce once in like the first episode. Yeah, the previous episode, especially if especially if it's my uncle Carl's hot sauce with his homemade horseradish. Yeah, that stuff is that stuff is gnarly. Um, I probably I don't know. I like pizza. I mean, I like pizza too. I would have said pizza too, like anything. Potion pizza. What animal would I turn Cusco into? This episode brought to you by Potion Pizza. I turn Cusco into a capybara because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen him be turned into a capybara, so that's something to do. And that, it is I'm, regionally appropriate, so very yeah. regionally appropriate. I'm shocked they never thought of that. But they do have. They did have the one episode where Isma. Uh, I think this was the episode where Isma temporarily is in the palace as a favor, as a favor Cusco's doing for her. Um, or no, or maybe this is a no. This is a TV episode where everyone's distracted by TVs, and in order to, and while everyone's distracted, Isma fakes being Empress. In one of the episodes, Isma is Empress or a fake Empress, and uh, there's a person taking a picture of her, and they say, "Say Capybara," and she says Capybara, and one of the guards finds her and pulls a lever, and she's springing out of the palace. So they they mentioned the word Capybara before. <laughs> But I've never seen Cusco turned into one. Uh, deviant arts. Uh, okay, never mind. Yeah, please don't. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what I turn Cusco into. I, I, I guess I, I turn him into a duck and just, just give him a wide brimmed hat and a cape and and tell him to go fight crime. Well, I mean, aren't they aren't Darkwing Duck and Cusco kind of similar? Yeah, actually, th- there's a crossover I'd like to see. Well, I want to do, uh, maybe we can have a Darkwing Duck reference in this, but it's not going to be the main. Maybe well, there will be a Darkwing Duck universe as a cameo. Uh, I want to do a, you know, the animatic I made for the Phineas and Ferb crossover that I'm still making the third part for. Yeah. I yep. want to do another one, but it's a ri- it's not based on a fanfic I wrote years ago. I'm going to be making it from scratch, and it's going to be a DuckTales crossover, but it involves the multiverse because they're ducks that look like people. And the Emperor's New Groove characters are people, and I want them to stay as what they look like in their respective shows. And the only way to do that that makes sense is a multiverse story. Well, you know, if the Lilo and Stitch series was still on by this point, they probably would have done a crossover then. Yeah, well, I'm sure the Lilo, the Lilo and Stitch series ended right around the middle of the first season of Emperor's New School. Exactly. Lilo... Like I love the Lilo and Stitch crossover episodes just because we don't care that these animation styles clash horribly. Yeah. Well, they did that with Phineas and Ferb, not the Star Wars one. They actually changed the characters to look like Phineas and Ferb characters. But for the Marvel one, the Marvel characters look like the characters from the animated Marvel show and Avengers show. And the Phineas and Ferb characters look like the Phineas and Ferb characters. And it very is very weird. I have not or, seen that episode, but I did see the Lilo and Stitch Kim Possible crossover, yeah. which is kind of amazing. Yeah, I saw. I remember watching that, and I think they aired an episode uh, right after it. They aired an episode of Kim Possible itself that was new at the time. Um. Um. 
so then eventually the potion wears off and right and melina is t- talking about cusco how ridiculous it is that he uh was he f- could didn't figure out to the last minute that the turkey mm-hmm. that Kronk gave him was potioned by Kronk, that Kronk was the one who potioned him with something he was giving him to eat because Kronk always does that. Yeah. Um, and like, then... Like, did, did we skip over the part where he gets chased by a statue somehow? Oh, that's yeah. later in the... That's like the very last end of the episode. Yeah. Well, the end of the episode is... is I think it's before or, what I'm talking about, what I was about to talk about. Yeah. Um, all the girls and eventually the Mudka statue at the Mudka's number 12, which is a completely different location from the one in the movie. And that's why it looks different because there's more than it's a chain. And there's sometimes they'll show one that looks like it might be the one from the movie in scenes and after credits, credit scenes and stuff. Um, so then they play Benny Hill type music and there's a Benny Hill style chase. And Cusco will stop to like pick up a girl's scrolls or play checkers with the Sattler and Waldorf characters. Ippy, mm-hmm. <laughs> Topo, and Ippy. Um, they have names. Yeah, one of them was voiced in the movie. They're both voiced by Jeff Bennett in the show. In the movie, one of them was voiced by Steven Anderson. The skinnier one, but I can't remember which one's which. I think Ippy is the skinnier one because that just sounds. I thought. Weird. I thought one of them was Roger Bumpus, or could I be wrong about that? I think uh, one of the guards is Roger Bumpus. Okay, yeah. I'm like, I just keep, when I was I watching the movie, who, I would... Because I know that the other one was played by another, uh, more, not a uh, story, head of story, or, or story artist or anything, but an actual actor, um, but I don't remember who it was. It wasn't Roger Bumpus, but Roger Bumpus was like a guard or other additional yeah. voices in the movie. I just, I just remember like anytime I watch the movie, I know Roger Bumpus is in. I just don't know where he is. So I I'm think just he listening. might be. He might be one of the pe- the person who says, "I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home?" Just <laughs> listening for Squidward. Yeah, it was like uh, you threw off the Emperor's groove. That might have been. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you you threw off the Emperor's groove. Yeah, I recognized him in a bug's life. He's the speaking going back to the bring, bringing up mosquitoes. He he's the mosquito that's like bartender, bloody Mary, bloody all Mary. positive. Yeah, bartender, yeah. bloody Mary, all positive. Awesome. That sounded like Peter Griffin. Uh, it's, it's it's a fine line. <laughs> hey, Lois, remember that one time I was a llama? Lois, we gotta get SpongeBob back. Uh, so then the statue chases him and then I guess the potion wears off and he's talking to Melina about it and then uh, he he has a backup plan which kind of uh, um, with one of the turkey legs and then he throws it away and Yzma eats it and the alligator or crocodile they can never decide which one which it is um Chase I think it's a crocodile. Him. Yeah, it well, I mean it they are neither alligators nor crocodiles actually live in that area, but so it, it that, really doesn't matter. Well, also there's crocodiles in the movie in that area, fictional American. They'd be American because it's South America, but uh mostly I think the only crocodilian that lives in that area would be caimans, which are much smaller. Yeah. 
Well, whatever it is, it, it, it gets the hots for Yzma. Yeah, it gets the hots for Yzma, and it chases after her. And then during the credits, Kronk is talking about just be yourself and have a nice smile. And also, if you if you have really big muscles, that helps too. Yeah, like, like you. He's, he's doing like a Hulk Hogan's like he's got forty four inch pythons. Just yeah, and then you think Kronk could do the peck thing that Dwayne the Rock Johnson does? Oh, I think so. Probably. It would be weird if he couldn't. Yeah, but then but then Disney would would cast Dwayne the Rock Johnson in the remake. <laughs> Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Hey, Dwayne the Dwayne the Right Johnson. Dwayne the Cronk Johnson. <laughs> but but Look, I love Dwayne biggest, Johnson. Lots of I people love... suggest that, and my biggest issue with that isn't even the idea of remaking the movie, even though I don't really want them to. It's uh I believe Dwayne the Rock Johnson is Samoan. He's definitely Polynesian and not Peruvian. And I would prefer if they were gonna do live action. The only thing that they could actually do that would be that would ha- be an advantage over the animated movie would be actually casting Peruvian people. Right. So honestly, if they did cast a non-Peruvian, I wouldn't want it to be anyone other than Patrick Warburton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who would be Isma though, since Eartha Cat is no longer with us? Rita Marais. Um, oh, that'd be good. Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> Wait, who'd you say before Michelle Pfeiffer? Rita Moreno. Ooh, that is a good one. I've heard lots of people suggest that. And also, she's uh, going to be, not really her, but a drawing of her is going to be Yzma in another one of my uh, fan project things that's a Muppets adaptation. She's going to be one of the humans, obviously. Uh, It's going to be her as Yzma. Um, I always say Michelle Pfeiffer because after Eartha Kitt, she's the next best Catwoman. Yeah. Right. Um... Yeah, you know, Chris Summer was a good cat one, and she'd be a good Isma. That is true. A Candy Ooh. Milo is is the is my favorite non Eartha Kit voice of Isma because she actually voiced Isma briefly before she got replaced for some reason that I don't feel like talking about. And um, she's in the ep- and she's in the episode as the the teacher. She's a science teacher. She's also a character she voices is also in the episode. Another character she voices in the episode but doesn't speak. And the gym teacher is also voiced by Candy Milo. Mm-hmm. Um. Who chases after Cusco at around the same time as the science teacher chases after him? <laughs> um, Allie Berry. Yes. Hi, kid. Do you remember when? So when they first announced the Little Mermaid remake, a lot of people, including me, thought they were saying Halle Berry was going to be Ariel, and I was like, "Isn't she a bit old to be Ariel?" Yeah, just, uh, the same as yeah. Ali. Yeah, the letter L helps a lot. Yeah. Um, I have not seen that movie yet. I, I'm avoiding spoilers because I am actually a. Well, I'm, I'm actually kind of in a on streaming weird um, position to give the most unbiased review of that movie possible. Yeah. Um, that's all I can think of saying about that episode. <laughs> Does anyone else have yeah. anything they want to say about it? Not really. I, this was this was just a couple of fun segments. Um, you know, had the had some great great jokes. Uh, I would have loved some more Wendy Malik, but then we'll watch the rest of just, the show. <laughs> I, I know the answer should is probably watch the rest of the show, but 
have Isma and Chicha ever interacted? Because that would be That's a good question. I don't remember. I have not so they interact in the movie. Well, yeah, they interact in the movie, right. which is the same at the same people as in the show. Right, but uh, in the show, I need to rewatch. Um, but when Isma's pretending to be Pacha's long lost relative, or just his relative, his great his, his wife's cousin's stepniece's great aunt. Yeah, twice yeah. removed. Twice uh, removed. Yeah. <laughs> um, they interact in that scene. Um. And that reminds me of a plug I'm gonna do when it's plugging time. Uh, so, any other comments on the episode? Um, they're just. I'm they're... very glad that it did not end with a kingdom of Cronenbergs. Oh, yeah. yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, me too. Yeah, that would be. I don't like that kind of ending. I, I mean, I, I, I'd rather have Cronenbergs than Justin Roiland. Well, yeah, but that's a very low bar. And I know, but you, it was right there. And sad thing is, you still have a few Disney shows with him in it. Yeah, and, uh, and you whatever. can't. And he's neither a big enough part nor a small enough part for them to just redub him without a church. Mm. Unless, unless it's Fish Hooks for all all five of you Fish Hooks fans watching. Yeah, listening. Same. The literally. Literally, the only thing I know about fish hooks is that there's a character named Joctopus. Uh, there's an episode of Fish Books, and obviously, I watched it because, well, I I just had it on out of curiosity because I think I saw a commercial for it and realized it. Uh, where a character's voice gets changed to be deeper, and the deeper voice is Patrick Warburton. Mm. But That's cool. Mostly, other than that, all I know about Fish Hooks is the first episode has an identical or a very similar plot to an episode of The Umber's New School, and that kind of bugged me. Yeah. Um, but I think it bugged. It must have bugged me. I must not have thought it was that good because Phineas and Ferb has also copied or had a very similar plot to another episode, and that didn't bother me. And then Star did the same. Like, there's been an episode of the Emperor of the Emperor's New School, Phineas and Ferb, and Star vs. the Forces of Evil about the main characters believing fortune cookies. So they just recycle their stories at Disney Television Animation. I'm sorry, no, no fortune cookie joke will ever top Jackie Chan Adventures. Danger looms in your future. We must be very cautious. You listen to a cookie? <laughs> Never. Danger looms the cookie. Um, yeah. So I guess now would be the time for plugging. Oh, me? A anyone uh, who wants to go first? I'll go first. I have a blog. Um, you could find on my Twitter at Storyteller West Two. Um, I've done a full retrospective of every animated Disney movie, plus some Pixar and some live action including the emperor's new groove um i'm also working on a few uh uh some reviews of the current comic run of gargoyles and uh doing some uh side projects where i build the roster for hypothetical fighting games so if any of that appeals to you check out my blog give me a follow say hello and yeah next uh, you can you can find me on Facebook. You just look for Ryan Walterson. You can follow me on Twitter at R Walterson. You can also follow me on Instagram uh, at 
Ryan Walterson too, because my old account got hacked. <laughs> but I don't post on Instagram as much. And you can also find me basically on any other corner of the internet you can think of. I don't really have much to plug except for socials. Um, follow me on Twitter at CutiePuppyFire. I know I came up with that username when I was 10, and I haven't thought about changing it, but I'm just, no shame. Okay, what else am I thinking about? My, I'm my basically that everywhere, worse. but, oh wait, what were you saying? My first username was way worse, so don't worry uh, about oh. it. Fair enough. Oh, I have the, like, the story behind that was like, Miss, it was based on like a Phineas and Ferb where Doofenshmirtz, like the dating pie. It was first one was Cutie Puppy four four two seven based on like the dating profile Doofenshmirtz had in that one episode where he was Strudel Cutie four four two seven. I don't God. know why it's such a specific memory, but I'm just like, damn. <laughs> what do I do on my Twitter? Just a lot of reblogs and musings about things, mainly theater stuff because that's my. Talking to animals and cooking. <laughs> so, um, if that interests you, and that's why you gotta, we gotta wrap this up before eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Awards. <laughs> it's Tony Sunday. Um. Yay, Tony. <laughs> we do. Tony. It's great. That that one too. Hey, Tony. Um, hey, hey, I hey. have a documentary hey. on YouTube called Beware the Groove, the Making of a Cult Classic, which is about the Emperor's New Groove and its legacy. Um, I also have that's on the Emperor's New Podcast YouTube channel. I also have Fire Blast Studios YouTube channel, which is mostly animation. I mean, it's all animation pretty much that I do. I'm hoping to get started on season two of Podcast United soon. Um, and my social media is. The podcast is at podcast T-E-N-P on Twitter. Micah, at Micah Hirsch on Twitter is my personal. And I also would like to plug uh, on July 22nd, which I believe coincidentally happens to be David Spade's birthday, at 11.30 a.m., I am the Emperor's New Podcast is sponsoring a retro film series screening of The Emperor's New Groove at the Carolina Theater of Durham in Durham, nice. North Carolina. Um, so anyone in that area, feel free to come see the movie. It's free. Yay. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for me. Um, yeah, I'm going to I guess. Hmm? Well, I guess the one last plug I should say is if you can also find me at the nearest party, not double dipping bacon and ranch dressing. What's his name?